Can I say this? The podcast by the Dundee Students Free Speech Society. Hello everyone and welcome to Can I Say This? Uh, the podcast by the Dundee University Free Speech Society. Uh, we have got uh, tonight, you, you guys can mute yourselves. Uh, we're currently doing this through Teams. Uh, and we've got with us uh, Kat. Hello. Who <laughs> is the society uh, vice president. I'm the society yeah. president, by the way. Um, we have Lee, who is the society treasurer. Hi. And we have Ian, who, who joined the society uh, this semester a couple of months ago. Hello. Uh, and today we are going, this is the first live show we do. Uh, which is very exciting. Uh, and we are just going to talk a bit about um, Kyle Rittenhouse. It's something that happened that's happened very recently. And it's um, it's been talked about a lot. Um, and we have our uh, resident specialist in Kyle Rittenhouse, Kat. So Kat, <laughs> if you'd like to introduce the topic. <laughs> I'm your in-resident expert. On this, you so, are oh. <laughs> all right. Um, so, um, I can't see. Okay, so that's that's why we're muted. <laughs> it was just because I was having, I was finishing off my dinner. I'm a bit of a unorganized mess today. So, um, it's he's been all over the news, quite frankly. And you know, if you haven't seen videos and posts, um, decrying him a white supremacist or talking about how broken America is, you'll have at least seen some of the edgy memes that have been posted around that have probably originated from somebody's basement in 4chan. But essentially, um, he was 17 uh, during the Black Lives Matter riots, which were occurring across a lot of cities across America. We had a handful of the protests in the UK as well. And essentially what happened was Kyle was there. He ended up essentially, the, the long and short of it is he ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he ended up shooting two gentlemen who died and another gentleman through the arm. It's the events surrounding um, how the shootings happened, the events leading up to those shootings, what Kyle was doing throughout the night, and um, essentially, they also had him, the guy who survived, they also had him in as well. He was essentially tried for attempted murder, which, um, to be honest, even if I, like, even at the start, I knew nothing about this. And I was a little bit sceptical about them getting a murder charge based on the fact that it was a riot in a city when there was a lot of property damage and a lot of violence and a lot of setting fires going going around like like the, at the most you're probably looking at like culpable homicide or manslaughter um but he basically got a lawyer and was like self-defense <laughs> and this has yes. been going on for months and months and months the trial properly started a couple of weeks back it was an absolute media circus. And when I say that, I mean, the media were there. They seemed to be uh, reporting as loosely as you can put, but they had a very one-sided narrative. So it was uh, very surprising for a lot of people when Kyle was um, exonerated of all charges. And 
um, it was determined that he had acted in self-defence. That isn't surprising, arguably, if you hadn't watched any of the trial or seen the videos. You have to remember this took place in America, where every <laughs> single man, woman, child and dog has a gun. So, <laughs> I would like to imagine um, a dog carrying a gun around. <laughs> that's, that's well, fine. it'll probably be done. It'll have been done. You'll you can you can probably <laughs> Google it. And there'll be somebody who's strapped a rifle to a dog. Yeah. Say, stay away. My attack dog will shoot you. <laughs> but yes. yeah, um, I don't know if you want to add to that one. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I think there was that, that was a good introduction. I, I um, we haven't really got the structure to it to this, um, but I wanted to ask. So j- just just as starters, who? Uh, agrees with H- how do I put this so uh, disagreeing with the verdict I think is is not a viable thing because it means that you know it's it's doubting a whole justice system and I don't think that's good but who sort of thinks that he was he was guilty Sort of. Is that what I want to say? Yeah. Who thinks he committed murder? So I assume, Kat, that we you don't think he committed murder. No, I think if it was in the U- if he was in the UK or Europe or basically any country, he wouldn't where, have a gun. That's where, it. <laughs> well, let's just say it happened in London or Edinburgh or something, and he somehow, for some insane reason, he did have a gun. The chances of anyone else coming up against him having a gun is pretty much zero because we we just don't have guns in this country. Yeah. Um, if he if it was knives and things, because knives are, are are basically how people replace using a gun, they'll use a knife instead. A knife requires you to get very up and personal. So if he had gone up and stabbed somebody to death, you get to the point where after you've stabbed so many times. Um, you, you're using unnecessary violence. You're, you, it's no longer self-defense. It's um, you, it, you, you're going a bit mental. You're stabbing away at someone. Like it's not self-defense anymore. Um, but the problem with a gun is it can only take one shot, and you can entirely just snuff out somebody's life. Even if you're Fun. aiming for the, <laughs> you could accidentally hit a major artery, and they bleed out in uh, in the space of thirty seconds. Like, yeah, that was there's a big difference there but because it's america um (laughs) yes i would say it was self-defense i don't think he should have been there yeah but you can't really turn around after the fact and you can't really punish someone for being in the wrong place at the wrong time that's not really how the, the legal system works yeah um so i would say um I was expecting it to be a mistrial with prejudice, but when they gave the self-defense, I was sort of like, whew, well, that's, that's that all done and out the way then. Mm-hmm. Now everybody will be really upset or really happy and then we'll move on and there'll be some other person shooting people somewhere because it's America. And this <laughs> yeah. Right, so we've got Kat's opinion. Uh, what about you, Lee? Uh, well, as far I feel like my opinion kind of changed on it um, when I heard about the whole like he like him has been there was at like if you know if I'm not mistaken has been there was at the request 
of like a friend it was like a friend of a friend who owned a business but he was like going with yeah. some other friends to defend this business yeah. which I, I i feel like that is completely legitimate because it's like at that time people's i mean like with any of these riots people's businesses just don't matter to the rioters so a lot of people are just losing their livelihood in america and in america there isn't like <laughs> there basically isn't a safety net if that happens so i can understand why you would feel the need be there with a gun to defend um to defend like your property and and not only that but just seeing the the sort of video of like how long he was being chased but for before he shot uh kind of speaks to me that the uh, like i don't think he was guilty of um of of murder basically okay through those circumstances okay and finally ian if you could get your opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, it should never have come to trial at all. I think from the very first video, and this trial wide a lot on video evidence, but from the very start, one could see he's running away. He's being chased by these three or four guys. If he trips, falls over, this guy sort of jump kicks him, another guy whacks him on the head with a skateboard, skateboard, skateboard. And this um, Rosenbaum is the first one on the scene, and he's, and then the other guy, Gage, forget his surname, and he pulls a gun on him. So in these circumstances, what do you do? I mean, he's 17, these guys are quite a bit older. They're all in the, like, mid-20s, so they're probably much bigger and stronger than he is. And it, he's lying on the ground. If that was me, I mean, I think you, would, you have to shoot or you're going to die, frankly. So I, I think it's clear case of self-defense if he hadn't shot he would be dead but that so should never try yeah but the thing for me is uh so first of all i, th I think that, that the whole that the first issue is that everyone can carry a gun uh freely you know how, how can a, a 17 year old you know when i was 17 it doesn't it doesn't make sense in my head for a 17 year old to be able but to carry... says, it's America, so, you know. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. The gun thing was highly contested as well. So there was a huge part in the trial about him allegedly illegally yeah. having this yeah. firearm. Yeah. People were posting all over social media, and some of the like big newspapers and that were guilty of this as well. They were saying stuff like, Kyle's mother drove Kyle over state lines with, a, with an air rifle in the back of the car. Um, his mother is is also guilty and should totally be charged for blah de blah. The thing is, what was never actually mentioned in a lot of these reports was like his father. He had his father, uncles, and grandparents lived in Kenosha. He had friends in Kenosha. He worked in Kenosha, and the gun <laughs> never crossed any state lines. It was at a friend's house who had legally acquired it, and they were holding it until Kyle turned eighteen. And in, is Kenosha in Wisconsin? Have I got this the right way around, or is it Illinois? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Who understands Kenosha. US geography? <laughs> Basically, in Kenosha, whichever state it is, I do apologize to anyone Wisconsin. who's listening and going, oh my God, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, oh my God, can't speak. Um, <laughs> you can, the type of gun it was, meant something to do with the barrel and how it worked, meant that he was allowed to have it 
but he was not allowed to buy it. So I think the analogy for us would be between the age of, when you're 16 and 17 in the UK, I don't know if they've changed this or not, but you could you could possess cigarettes and you could smoke cigarettes, but you could not buy cigarettes until you were 18. <laughs> that yeah. is the similar thing. As soon as they were talking about this, I'm like, yeah, that's sort of like how one of my friends in Aberdeen got caught for smoking and they were like, oh, you're, you're 17, we can't actually charge you, you've not committed any crime. <laughs> Because, you know, they can't just retroactively attempt to prove that she'd illegally bought cigarettes because she yeah. hadn't got them from her mum. But there was a lot on that. And I do, I think what happened, because as Lee had said, he was asked to help protect, a, was it a car business? Um, I think it might, was a car business of some kind. And he was, he was there with his first aid kit and his, like, medical box and that. And with the riots, like, everybody knew at that point in time the police were not really stepping in or doing anything. They were essentially just being told to step back and just let the let the protests or riots or whatever you want to call it, let it just sort of carry on. So I can understand why in a country where everybody has guns, why you would want to also have your gun whilst you're in an area where there's people rioting. He was actually trying to help people, I think, what I think his mistake is that he got separated from his friend and he instead of turning and going straight back, he sort of just carried on. And I think it's because he had a he had a he, it was almost like he had a very noble thought in his mind to try and help people and put out fires, but he just ended up in a more unsafe place. And then of course you do get people who are a bit angry. Who shout things at you? So like, you can get them in Dundee. So, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like the crux of, of what the disagreement uh, is about is like whether whether or not he should have been there and in the first place, as opposed yeah. to like whether mm -hmm. or not he should have defended himself. What like you know at the actual incident with Rosenbaum and yeah the other Huber Huber was the other guy I think who died and then. There was Gage Grosskreutz who was shot in the arm. Gage was the one yep. who testified. And when he had his cross-examination against yeah. um, Kyle's, one of Kyle's lawyers, it was the face slap, oh my God, that's the <laughs> out the window moment. Because he literally sat there and admitted that when he had his hands up in the air to surrender, Kyle had his gun down pointing towards the ground. And as soon as he pointed his gun at Kyle's head, that was when Kyle aimed at him. And that was like a huge part of the trying to get Kyle for murder thing was hinging on this. And he basically, with that one line, it's like when even one of your victims has admitted that they, they were instigating and threatening to shoot him in the head, your case falls apart quite a bit. Oh yeah, I mean the other guy, like there was an earlier video of uh, of Rosenbaum, uh, like saying like <laughs> just going up to people with guns and being like shoot me, shoot me, kill me, and stuff did like that. And a bunch of kill people. Stuff, was he? So. Not, did he not run across Kyle's group earlier and was like, I'm gonna effing kill oh, yeah. you, I'm gonna effing cut your heart out, and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was like. All right then, Mister. Like, go back to burning some dumpsters. You know, just leave other people alone. Yeah, I, I the the issue for me is 
so I haven't watched any foot footage, and I sort of um, saw some summaries of what happened in the tri in the trial. But my how could he have not killed them? <laughs> that that that's my question, because you know if if I was in his situation, I I don't think I'd be aiming for anywhere lethal, you know, legs or, or, or probably legs would be where he'd be aiming to. Um, I think with Bomb it was a panic. He shot him, I think it was three or four times in quick succession, it was a panic. I mean, he's 17. Not we do. This isn't an abstract thing. If you're in that situation, you're probably quite terrified and you're firing your gun You and the person yeah. is moving, so you... It's not like a target you're aiming at calmly. You, you know, you're in a worked-up, terrible state. You think you're about to die. You fire off your gun. You really don't know what you're shooting at. Probably, you know, the guys on top of you, you might hit something vital. You know, it's not. But 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 you you sort of you sort of assume because from from our point of view, we've obviously got uh, we've got no gun experience whatsoever. But supposedly he does. So he 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 does know. You know how exactly a gun works, or mm -hmm. his specific uh, uh, one, yeah. and you know that how what's it called that uh, when a gun you shoot and it goes up. There's a word recoil. for that. Recoil. Yeah, recoil. The recoil, recoil and so on, and and I, I know he was panicked, but I I do think in that situation I'd be still thinking about where I was aiming. I think I don't think I'd go anywhere mm. above the waist. But yeah, See, no, it's it's an I, it's a it's yeah. a hypothetical. Yeah, I speak from an experience of somebody who has watched a hell of a lot of forensic shows, and some of the most fascinating ones are the ones where they take it to court as a murder, and they forensically prove step by step that it was self defense. And some of the things people do if they feel like their life is like if they think if they're in this hyper vigilant. I'm going to die moment. You do things that that even from like a forensic point of view, it there was a case where it looked like this guy had stab like had stabbed them through the neck and basically killed them, but it was all self defense and it turned out to do with the angle of how the cut had been made. How, but see, it see but how much like murder. How reliable how reliable is that? Because you 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 know all the um I think it is all the uh, tooth, the dental... Um, dental stuff's very much in the air right now. It's it's deeply... It's deeply... It's been proven deeply that it, it, it's not true. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't identify someone because of their d dental record. Um, but no, the, I thought you were meaning more bite marks because bite marks is the one that's uh, heavily contested. But dental records the, is... They they are in there. There have been many Depends studies. How, yeah, if it's odontology, so it's you. You would never ever do it by dental teeth alone. So for identifying a body, you would never do it by teeth alone. If you have teeth, even if your victim's been like incinerated, you would still have like your 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 pulp, your to your tooth pulp, because it's in the most protected inner part of your teeth. That at the very least you'd have DNA extraction. It's I'm sure it's bite marks was the one that was sort of dismissed. 
but the difference I'm, is... I'm not entirely sure. It's been a while since I read it. But we'll have to Google it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there was a lot of contention around the use of dental mm-hmm. records. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I saw several examples of cases in which uh, dental, uh, dental records were essential for the... Um, for that was it dental records i think it was um they've had to retroactively re 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 analyze all the uh, evidence originally submitted and they've basically come to the conclusion that yeah and so and so prosecuted and and so i i think that because a lot of forensics is done with the whole um you, you mentioned the direction of the stabbing and so on it doesn't mm. necessarily mean that it's true uh, because That's because we true. know that forensics isn't the same thing but as biology. It doesn't have, have the same... Sorry? They had a host of other evidence. I'll need to dig out what episode it is because they don't ever do it on one thing alone. It was a host of other things. They had witness testimonies. They had, um, they had other things like bruising on the body. They had um, the front of like the clothing and where all the blood was on all the clothing on both the perpetrator and the victim. But the difference with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is, um, as far as I'm aware, they didn't need to do extensive forensics of the scenes because it was all caught on video. Okay. Yeah. The, no, mm, the, it was mm. all on video. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen them because... You know, mm. I don't like that. <laughs> the sorts of things. It's not pleasant. It's not. It's not. It's not nice watching because you don't really know how to feel. Like you do feel conflicted because you do. You do feel like when there are people who are watching this, and there's people who have no idea what's going on, and they hear gunshots and they start panicking and they're thinking, "Oh my god, someone's shot!" And then you can see Kyle running away, and you can see that he's obviously absolutely terrified as well. And then you can see there's people who are crowding around um, Rosenbaum and you can see that they, it's just like nobody knows what's, who's done what and what's happened. And it was just, it yeah. was very, quite it's quite difficult to watch because everybody's high in emotion and nobody yeah. thinks rationally. It's immediately, it's get them, get them, get them. And before you know it, like everyone's emotions are just all over the place and it's, it's not nice, so... Yeah, I know it's it's too hypothetical for me to to know whether it was where he could have, whether he could have shot them somewhere else. I think it's too hypothetical. I, but, I went, yeah, just just in terms of like I I feel like this case is the same for me as like George Floyd in terms not <laughs> I'll explain that but like in terms of like that's that's I, very when, dangerous to write. I wouldn't go there. Lee, <laughs> Lee come back. <laughs> It wasn't until I watched like the footage basically that I was that I kind of concretely had an opinion because it's like with the George Floyd stuff when that was reported it was like much like with any other case like people are like oh well was was the was there an appropriate use of force and then everyone unanimously agreed like when you watch that video you like no one's thinking like oh no that's fine what happened and and for me the Rittenhouse video was kind of the same and that just looking at how long he ran away from the people that were chasing him kind of tells me that like yeah that he did act in self-defense he definitely wasn't just trying to shoot people because he's very clearly panicking and trying to get as far like far away from the situation even as it begins 
and like Kat said, there is a lot of confusion in the video because it's like someone shoots at the start, and then I think one of the, I think it's like one of them thought it was Rittenhouse that shot, so that's why they chased him. I, I can't, I can't. I, there were I gunshots that had nothing to do with them. The the bit between Kyle Rittenhouse and Rosenbaum. Someone else um, behind Rosenbaum had fired a gun. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why Kyle, I think, thought at one point that Rosenbaum had a gun on him at the time because somebody had shot a gun very, very close to them. But I think the way, from what I saw, is that they, like, Rosenbaum and a few of his pals sort of all, he was basically like, oh, it's that kid from earlier that we were all shouting at. They all sort of rounded on him, and Kyle's right. obviously panicked and raised his gun. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's it, that's completely up in the air, and you could sit and debate that for millennia. They tried to debate this one in the court by saying, you know, if somebody raises their gun, you immediately feel threatened, so of course you're going to react violently. But, you know, I mean, I personally, if somebody pointed a gun at me, I'd be like, oh, no! Um, I would curl up in a ball. Um, but yeah, the Rosenbaum does try to grab the gun. But I think at one point, it's like Kyle Rittenhouse was in a position where he was like, he's grabbing, he's trying to grab the gun. So um, if he gets the gun, he's going to shoot me with the gun. If I've got the gun, then surely he needs to back off. But he wasn't, and he kept coming. And I think the incident with Rosenbaum was... <laughs> Almost in a way, if they, if any of the shootings were inevitable with that situation, it would have been that one. The latter two did not have to happen. The latter two happened because of the fact that you had so many people who immediately rounded on him and chased him. Like after, like he he panicked. You could tell he did because he shot he shot him like three times in a row, and then immediately he drops the gun and he runs over and goes, "Holy fucking shit! What have I done?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, see, one of, one of the one of the things that I think has caused the most controversy with the whole thing is how his reaction afterwards was. You know, the 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 the, the picture of him walking with his gun, like on some roads and walking past the police. You know that that image. It, it was shared a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, he looks like he thinks himself a hero. It, gen- he it generally does. He was turned away from the first police station he went to. Sorry? He was, he was turned away. He went to the nearest police station in Kenosha immediately after um, the last sort of... He was heading for the police station when the last shooting shootout incident happened. I think it was between him and Grosskreutz. But yeah, the police didn't let him in. The police told him to leave and go behind the lines. They didn't let him in. So what he did instead was he ran. He went back to the original parking lot bit where all of his friends were, told them what happened. Then they... I think they managed to get his mum or someone to come and pick him up and they drove him immediately to the police station in his the town where he lived in Illinois because the one in uh, Kenosha 
told him to go away. Mm. Um, but the first thing he was trying to do was hand himself to the police, and you can the video footage shows him several times trying to do that. Um, so I don't know if maybe the image was an earlier one because he would have passed the police office, the police bit earlier on in the night, and he did have the gun on him for the entire night. So it could I don't know when that photo was taken. Um, yeah, but I'm, there I'm was a lot of ripping and ang over how he, the night ended because even the prosecution was trying to use that as a stick, like to beat him with, and I was just sort of like, really? I can I can share. Wait, this is it something. Probably, good. Yeah, this is the one. I meant. Uh, it's the one where he's walking past a jeep, and he's walking behind a guy with another gun. Yeah, yeah, no, that was gun. that had to be earlier the evening. Mm-hmm. See, because but the... he was with someone for most of the night. It was only when he was separated from his friend mm. that things went very wrong. See, one of the arguments I'm most sensitive to is how exactly. So the whole thing and how he was completely ignored by the police and so on, despite having a gun, um, and then. Uh, the the discrepancy in treatment than the uh, than th- that black people get when they are carrying mm-hmm. guns, um, and that's that's an argument I'm very sensitive to because obviously, yeah. you know, uh, him having done the whole thing, carrying a gun, going out during the riots and so on, and then on top of all that, uh, the police completely ignores him when he's walking past with a gun and so on and so on. Um, I think it can. So, because obviously people are misinformed everywhere on both sides of the question, um, and if people are misinformed on the side of the question, that's more. Uh, how do I put it? Um, uh, racist. <laughs> there we go. Uh, then they they might use that as as an incentive for them to do more extreme stuff, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things which scares me the most about this whole thing, the, the consequences of it and how. Because obviously then afterwards you had all the, the memes being shared um, and Ben Shapiro with, with his uh, liberal tears uh, 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 mug and so on and Ben Shapiro, of course he does <sighs> stuff like that. His entire, his entire, his entire thing these days is uh, going around universities and saying things that he knows. Yeah. everyone else. You, you, you see, you see on on YouTube videos him saying, oh, "Ben Shapiro owns young liberal who thinks that woman should abort." Um, yeah, and then it's it's him it's him talking that. to a sixteen year old. Um, and and the audience, uh, you know, a hundred percent with him, and not letting the person speak at all. And he owns the liberal. Yeah, that's that's what he does. I mean, occasionally it's very entertaining if he uses a genuinely good logical argument. Which, but it, it's very huge, rare. Yeah, there's a huge amount I disagree with Ben Shapiro on, but I will give the guy credit for. The fact that he is so very charismatic that he has a following. He's, but he's not universally consensually charismatic. He's charismatic to a very specific group of people. I wouldn't say so. Um, I would say it's only when he starts actually giving you his opinions that people become. <laughs> if he was standing there and just telling you about, you know, 
Hi, I'm Ben Shapiro, and we're going to talk about the hi- the history of medieval England. Guaranteed, people would flock to him because he has a very yeah. he's got a very listenable voice. No, yeah, he talks in a very engaging manner. Yeah, the problem is when he actually starts having yes. opinions, and you're like, oh no. I, I really agree because specifically, like he see when he's just talking about things, he talks in like a casual, like an engaging way. But when he's trying to like own people, he does this like, uh, f- like fucking focus time, like bullet time thing, where he like just <laughs> he speeds that up. Yeah. But what if you did this? But what if you did this? But what if this happened? But yeah. and he just talks like as quickly as possible and stares yeah. at them, so yeah. they feel uncomfortable. And, and, and it's like it's. He also does so this bad. thing. So uh, besides speaking really quickly, he also does this thing where he, you know, inundates his opponents with information and so many different things that it's, you know, virtually impossible to um, actually argue against all of them because he's mentioned so many things. So he does a real life gish gallop. Yes, exactly, exactly. Gish exactly. gallop. That's what. That's yeah. what. Um, that's what we. And I'm sure it's an actual term. It's. A, um, it's a, I any... think it's a, a fallacy. Might not. Be. Yeah, it's. A, yeah, it's one of the fallacies. Um, so if you're ever online and you're you're having a wee debate with someone, as you might do on Facebook, um, my only example really is somebody who thinks that the MMR causes autism, because this is the only time I have ever seen the gish gallop being employed so much. They will copy and paste. Um, a pre-saved, pre-written post, not written by them, but written by somebody else. And it'll have like 40 or 50 links in it to different studies. And it'll be so much information all at once. And it's essentially saying, you cannot possibly debate me because look at all the facts on my side. So I just tend to end it by saying, pick one, tell me why it supports your position. I will read it and I will tell you what I think of it. And it's always an instant block because they've not read any of it. They don't know what any of it says. And I think people who do that in real life where they keep presenting so many different things and you're just like, ooh, real life gish gallop. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. Um, uh, the, the meme I love the most about uh, uh, with Ben Shapiro is the one where, so he says, the whole thing about climate change is that when the seas ri- the sea rises, um, you know what? What do you think the people in Florida are gonna do? Do you think they're gonna stay there? Of course not. They're gonna move out and sell their houses. Uh, and then there's this other guy that comes in and smashes the wall and says, "Just one problem, Ben. Sell their houses to whom? Fucking Aquaman." And it's really funny. And it's V coded, so it gets extra funny. It's it's really I I could play it actually it's it's the best video on the internet like generally have you ever seen it? Possibly, the one oh, I've seen so a lot is him in abortion debates. Mm. And as as much as I think you know he's as much as I think it's it's he's he's allowed his view and I think it's good that we have people that can challenge views on abortion because then it means we all get to challenge our own views and it lets us know whether we're on the right track as a society or not but occasionally he gets a bit too carried away when he's just like oh it's he's ripping them out limb by limb from the womb and i'm just like actually most take place before like like the 10th week is even passed Mm -hmm. like the vast majority and you're talking about something that's the size of a peanut if not smaller yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play it because it's really good. Oh, 
So let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, that all of the water levels around the world rise by, by let's say, five feet. Over the next hundred years, say ten feet, by the next hundred years, and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater. <laughs> right, would you let, let's say, all of that happens? You think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? That is generally the best video on the internet. Almost as all, it's it's almost on the same level as they're putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> the Alex Jones uh, one. Someone made a song of it, and it is the most oh, gorgeous yeah. thing ever. Have a bad day. <laughs> put that on and just listen to that beast of a man slam his fists on a table and shout about gay frogs. To a song, <laughs> but yeah, we've gotten ourselves quite yeah. off track. <laughs> I, I was just going to mention one last thing in the in the universe of of um, Ben Shapiro and and Alex Jones and so on. So apparently, something I found out quite recently that's quite shocking is that um, Stephen Crowder, the change change my mind yeah. person. Yes, I know Stephen Crowder. He did a video. Uh, Showing that what they did to George Floyd was fine, and he got his friends to kneel on his neck, supposedly who was kneeling on his back rather than the neck, for ten minutes, supposedly to show that he was fine. Ooh. Yes, yes. You see, yes. oh, he's 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 a. You see, Stephen Crowder is one of those people where, if I want to hear four chan edgy meme time, I'll stick <laughs> him on for a few minutes. <laughs> Like I, I, admittedly, I did watch his video when they did the Kyle Rittenhouse, um, mm. when they released what the, the, the when they said that he, it was self-defense and he wasn't guilty of murder. Mm. I watched that because I thought, I wonder how on earth are they going to react? And they reacted exactly how I thought they would. And they put on that, living in America, hand to hand. They played that song and I was just like... I mean, I'm happy, but I'm also not happy because guns in America and the whole situation is fucked. Pardon my French, everybody. <laughs> but I really don't think the situation as a whole should have ever been allowed to happen. But the problem is, it did because kind of all guns. Been, like the like uh, it's kind of always been America's thing. No, it's yeah. like. You, They're never like, going to change. Responsible for yourself, a hundred percent in America. Like it's like the government does not care. Like if you want to defend yourself, get a gun. Shoot the person who's trying to help you. Don't call the police. They'll just kill you. If schools are not change. enough to change America's mind, there's no hope because I mean we had one school shooting in the UK, Dunblane, yeah. and that was um that was that was it. After that shooting happened. The the ability the ability that you had to buy a gun was was limited because because they were pushing through laws to get to ban guns and they did 
And there were some notable politicians who are notably in power in the UK right now, who were uh, notably against the banning of guns in the UK. <coughs> totally not Boris Johnson. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. That's, Sorry. That bad, was bad. unpredictable. I completely unexpected. I wasn't. I wasn't he's, expecting Boris that. Boris Johnson is. He's like he's a second-rate attempted walking meme of Donald Trump. Donald Trump. <laughs> But just really not good. At least with Donald Trump, you could literally meme every single aspect yeah. of his presidency. You can't do that with Bojo. Have you have you seen um, that uh, Michael something YouTuber who's done the the other room uh, videos where he's basically trying to pretending that um, you know Boris Johnson in his speeches in in the, the those very cringy moments and Donald Trump and so on. That yeah. they have someone in another room who's talking to them on a headset, oh, uh, and it shows the person reacting to what they're saying, and it's really funny. So it's like, let's make them say the stupidest thing possible. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It's 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 him getting desperate at at what Boris Johnson is saying every time, and that, it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, but I was gonna say something. I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah, uh, how? <laughs> right on topic though. <laughs> Yeah, we always do. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Uh, I was going to ask, because you mentioned the whole media situation, media coverage. Um, mm. And I was talking to some friends who do law, coincidentally, um, earlier this week. Uh, and lawyers, oh no. <laughs> and they were mentioning to me that the fact that it was so, you know, so covered by the media, the fact that that happens uh, might have affected the the trial itself and made it more biased well the media um, coverage was absolutely appalling yeah i mean especially in america but you have people like cnn msnbc the washington post washington sorry the new york times washington post i mean the msnbc was stalking jurors trying to take pictures of them and all sorts of shite but in britain it really wasn't much better You've got the Independent, a big headline saying, Carol Brittenhouse killed three black men. You know, this is the Independent. It's obviously a complete lie. You didn't kill any no, black. black. And and even if they were, he didn't yeah. kill three people. And even so, this is what exactly. frustrates me about the race angle. Is just, I'm just like, but people are people. Yeah. We Everybody is valued. Like... Oh, it's not in America now. We have a racial oh, justice that's the thing. system. It's, it's so frustrating. It discriminates against people. white people, which is exceptional. Why the Rittenhouse case is exceptional. Because other white people, like McMichaels and Derek Chauvin and James, uh, what's his name? James Fields in Charlottesville, none of these people should have been convicted of anything. But we have a racially biased system. It's like we had this back in the days before your time. OJ Simpson was guilty as hell. He got off because it was a black jury. You're not going to convict a black man. So there is a racial discrimination in America, but it's against white people these days. I think so that's why the, the West are up in arms about Rittenhouse getting off because he's white and white people are not allowed to get off if they don't approve of them. I think there's a part, a part of it is um, tied up in race politics and I can't really comment and I Arguably, I would say I don't think any of us can really comment on American history and the fact that it's a historical 
they've had racial injustice for a long time and they still do. They do have a massive discrepancy between how they prosecute and charge black people compared to white people. I think there is also... Is there any evidence for that? Yeah, they've swapped it around. So if you're in universities or if you're part of the young generation who are very, very vocally supportive of Black Lives Matter and such, it it is a normal thing for them to basically be prejudiced against white people and they will say you cannot be prejudiced against right white people and they talk about um they talk about the whole idea of um power structures and how and privilege and struct i don't fully get it when i heard it i was just like now nah. racism is discrimination against somebody based on their race and yep. i've never understood why privilege has come into it but i think um partially we none of us are american we've yes. not been raised raised in that culture like i was personally i was raised with the idea that it doesn't actually matter at all what color skin you have and i never it's never been anything i've noticed or picked up on which is why i would get confused when people would be like all white people are evil or you have to notice race and you have to you have to be conscious of race when Mm -hmm. you're talking to some people and that just confused me because i'm like but I don't, I don't see you any differently. Like you're just a person like me. Yeah. We we all have blood and bones and muscles and things. We all we all have the same insides. You know, we look we might look slightly different on the outsides, but everybody does. We have different coloured hair, eyes, shapes of our faces, noses. Some of us have funny chins like I do. Some of us <laughs> have got really small hands. Other people are really tall. Some are not. You can be really potato. That attitude was, was obviously from it's been prevalent, say, for most of my life. But it's not yeah. the case anymore. We are being told constantly, as you say, that we must discriminate positively in favour of non-whites. We have to recognise race. If you don't recognise race, you're wrong. You're a racist, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And well, that I, is I think becoming a prevailing orthodoxy. So I, I think I don't. I think one of the the things we see on, a lot on the left, and I don't think it's fair, is that. Um, they pretend like there is a huge conspiracy to uh, maintain racism everywhere. I don't. I don't think there's a, a group of shadowy figures uh, thinking, "Oh, now we're gonna do this to keep to maintain racism and so on." I don't think there is, but there's there's some kind of uh, a, sort of a bias that people have grown up with, and that affects the way. They they treat black people as opposed to white. I, I and I think that that because of because that exists, then what people have decided to do is you know do the complete opposite and just positively discriminate black people. Uh, and it's getting to a state where it's it's doesn't make sense at all and it it doesn't work. And we should instead of continuing the discrimination but in the opposite way. We should just, you know, stop doing any race at all, any any discrimination, and just treat everyone as people, as you say, can't. I think. Yeah. I think you know, for people like is that like people people can't put a finger on this, but like people are different depending on w- what culture they're from and yeah. act differently, have a different set of values, have a different like whatever, and this is what causes like this why there's so much animosity in america obviously is even without there being like a split in culture there is a split in the in the way like 
if you just have like the average like white suburban male versus the average like uh, like urban like like uh like the, the your average like urban minority living in like a big city their experience like with the criminal justice system with the police with the medical system with like anything else is just going to be different i mean it's going to be different yeah. by nature of america being such a massive country but that's, melting pot in general in america you literally like america was never supposed to be a, a like a normal country it was yeah. supposed to be a republic of independent states which were self-governing and going away from that ideal you are literally i mean that's quite you know quite a big a big thing to return to yeah. but like you're basically never going to get away from this mm-hmm. battle of ideology because people are different depending on where, where they came from or what yeah. their values are. i think i think they need something more similar to the european union than what they have at the moment God, could you imagine the country of Texas? <laughs> <laughs> but like, just just to bring that point home, it's like what Lee is saying. It's almost the difference between like Chicago and um, like New York City, or the difference between Houston and Texas to um, I don't know New York City again. <laughs> I don't know, like four cities, but like Chicago's historically has a ver has historically had a more impoverished population like i was reading an article recently about how in like in chicago there's just such a huge problem with um scam landlords where they tell you where where they're not actually they don't actually own the building it's someone else's building they've just broken into it and they and they're pretending it's theirs rent it out to you they do a whole after so many years and so much money's paid in you can buy it and they do. So this person, this this scammer, makes like tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then the actual owner of the building suddenly goes, "Hang on, I've got a squatter," and kicks them out. And it's such a rampant problem. But at the same time, it's one of these symptoms of it having a more impoverished population. But then you have ideology and ideas like Houston and Texas. They're very much down in the south. They're I'm pretty certain they're going to be a lot more religious um, than other states further up north. Um, like I mean, that's one thing that we, have, we have about thinking about America is you literally think in terms of black and white. But we forget that there are twice as many Hispanics than blacks. Yeah. That's only 13, 14% of the population. And the Hispanic population is roughly double that and growing all the time. Well, South so America. It's blacks and whites in America. We must think about, you know, the other minorities, if you like, which probably won't be minorities for much longer, and especially the Hispanics. And they never seem to get mentioned in these debates. No. I think it's because there's a historical... Yeah. Yeah. It's like a historical... It's almost like a big wound that's sort of only just kind of finished healing but it could still break apart at any second and the wound is the the whole the slavery the historic treatment of black people like in like in my parents lifetimes and in my grandparents lifetimes like black people were literally were literally legislated as a second class citizens yeah. like my grandparents had what wouldn't be necessarily accepted as correct views nowadays but they'd grown up in a world where 
a lot of the sort of ways of seeing certain minorities was not exactly the same as how we see it today. Um, I will not repeat anything that I might have heard, but I will have you know that as a, as a young woman, I always understood that that was a generational divide. And I never thought poorly of anyone in my family for that because things change, generations change, people's ideas change. Um, but it's just been such a sore issue for so long. And it was only in like the 60s that they finally started repealing a whole load of the laws. And there's still like a handful of really old laws in some states that are still there that are like really dumb and stupid. Like, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, I'm afraid. Um, I'll probably remember one later on but it'll be something really idiotic like if you are like african-american descent and you try to ha open up a bank account with xyz and have a and try to get a loan for something you'll be denied it it's like something that's really obscure there's still some really obscure laws that they're still sort of discovering and repealing um i think in terms of like the hispanic population <laughs> the the injustices that they've gone through it's just not quite been I, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong but I don't think they historically had any laws explicitly against them it's more social attitudes because there is a huge problem with um Hispanic people like the the amount of missing Hispanic women for example is a huge problem um and I suppose, like, the one thing I don't get is I don't get how people have managed to pull race into the Kyle Rittenhouse case because the way I saw it was it was a majority white population protesting about Black Lives Matter, which is fine. Like, I had a few choice words to say about the Black Lives Matter protest that happened in Aberdeen because I'm just sitting there going, but it's literally 99.99999% white, white students. There's like, there might be one single black guy there or black gal there supporting them. Just sort of being like, hey, this is kind of weird. And I think I just sort of look at it now and just go, right, like, yeah, demolish, like get rid of these sort of nefarious systems that might exist, like in the law. I don't think there's a secret cabal of evil old white men. Yeah. Because, I mean, to be honest, if there was, I mean, <laughs> they're pretty shit at their job, aren't they? Because <laughs> everybody knows about them. Um, <laughs> I think it's... it's America's a difficult country to handle. If the situation with Kyle had happened in the UK, if he'd had a gun, then, yeah, it would have been the biggest question yeah, I mean, why this is america and the problem with kenosha and charlottesville and many other cases is the police yeah i mean if it's rioting going on which there was clearly in buildings being burnt then the police should be intervening and doing something yeah. about this they were told not, not to or any other armed citizens you know yeah and so the, it was them backing off it's the whole defund the police get the yep. police out of the way, you know. Yep. And then when you do that, then of course people are going to fill the gap. So I think that yep. is a major problem for the whole it's situation. It's a big problem. It is a huge problem because, well, the situation Kenosha highlighted, the biggest thing it highlighted to me, um, it wasn't the fact that whether you agree that Kyle was guilty or not, 
the entire situation in that city that bred the events that allowed those events to happen in the first place they should never have been happening but as far as i'm aware i could be wrong i think the police had already been told by the governors and by city council people and like all the rest of it the people who are above the police they were basically told to not do anything i don't know if it's because if the police go in there with tasers and tear gas and all the rest of it and big riot gear and try to subdue any riots that it would end up getting cast to the rest of the world as evil police violently attack and pulverize peaceful protesters it was happening what happens all over america in 2020 there was riots and looting happening all over america yeah and the political authorities were instructing the police to let it happen yeah I mean, obviously, because it's a political instability they're trying to create to destabilize Trump. But, you know, that's getting into a whole different argument. More well, black people died from COVID because they were out protesting and not even just out protesting, but just in general from the health inequalities, like Lee mentioned earlier, health inequalities. More people of color died from the coronavirus and not getting ample treatment for it than there have been like unlawful police killings against uh, um, people of colour across like the last decade or something. There are stats out there because me and my friends were discussing it. I mean, when you do box box or interview people on the street, you think there's thousands, tens of thousands, or at least hundreds, and the figure is about it's in 20 or something. You know, it's tiny number. Yeah, people by the number of people died from the coronavirus. understanding of reality and what's actually going on. Well, uh, it's uh, it's been almost an hour, um, so I think we should wrap up. But just before we do, I re- recently found an amazing song, which I want to share with the world. And in in the context of what we're speaking about and so on, is it copyright free? Uh, I think so. If it isn't, we'll, we'll <laughs> find out. <laughs> oh no, this looks like it's probably copyright free. Uh, yes, and it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, it's called I Really Don't Care Do You. Uh, and it's amazing. Wait, is it muted? Yes, it is. Okay. Here we go. So <laughs> I will keep the audio on so that we can live react to this amazing piece. I love it. We like a real society. I mean, this is amazing. All I wanted was easy life, the obedient wife of very, very rich man. Do my nails maybe hit the gym, be tall and slim, stay hard. <laughs> Pretend to climax, maybe fake a smile. It's all worthwhile for a little security. <laughs> To fillet him every couple days is no price to pay If I just shut off my feelings God, please don't judge me for mistakes that I have made I am human and I'm begging to be saved Rescue me because this bunker is boring Then to hate it
Just listen to that and just other other funny songs and it'll be fine. Ah, uh, this is this is brilliant. Uh it's actually one of the best things I found in uh twenty twenty one. Is that a this... whole musical that's just that just fo- it's uh, all about more? I, I think no, I think it's just this one, unfortunately. Um but it's it's good enough. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh I think we're gonna wrap up there. Because it's been uh, over an hour. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure to. Uh, we've we've not really focused on Kyle Rittenhouse, have we? We sort of just talked about what happened. Yeah. Talked about guns and self defense and what we do in his shoes, and then it was like, how do we fix the world? Sorry, Lee. What, what are you saying? Oh no, nothing. I said, I was just saying we we covered it. We just uh, talked about yes. a lot of things as well. <laughs> like Ben Shapiro's voice, <laughs> like we often do. Okay, mm. uh, you make it sound like that's all our meetings are. We meet up every week, and we just we 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 talk about Ben Shapiro's beautiful musical voice and how it lulls <laughs> us into a. Into a sleepy stupor of relaxation and dreams, yeah. and then he starts talking about how killing babies is wrong, and then you're like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, he's." We do sometimes. The, get ben, the best thing about Ben Shapiro, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's his interview with Andrew Neil. Yes, yes, oh, yes. That's Great. absolute pearl of a video. Is he? Is, is that the one he's like where he accuses Andrew Neil of like not being a conservative or something? <laughs> yeah, being, being like really left wing. It's silly little boy compared to me. I, yeah. I was watching it and I was like, oh no. <laughs> 
Uh, You're making us all root for Andrew Neil here. I'm not sure how <laughs> one person can make a whole nation root for Andrew Neil. Like all of the we hate the Tories people are all rooting for him because he's about his opinion, <laughs> and that's just a big no-no. Yeah, yeah. Because whatever you think about Andrew Neil, I mean, he's very good at what he does. Oh, he researched those yeah, sorts yeah, yeah. of interviews. He's got decades of experience, and Shapiro yep. just thought he was just. Some silly old man that you could run rings around. Yeah. I've no sympathy for Shapiro in any way. You know he gives Facebook a million pounds a year in advertising. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that, but now that I do, um, it, it, it explains a lot about Facebook. Uh, as well, you know, the head of YouTube, saying, well, of course, yeah. Ben will never be banned from YouTube, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Did you know so the... Nick Clegg, uh, formerly of the UK government, is okay. Facebook's media strategist. Oh my god! <laughs> I just read that the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck, Nick Clegg?" Nick Clegg. I mean, he just—he was just a failure. The the alternative vote was he like sort of disappeared, didn't it? It was a failure. Well, because he's earning a fortune with Facebook now, as Lee said, you know? That's... Yeah. yeah. He's a, yeah. like, international media person or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting <laughs> sidetracked again. It always happens. Um, <laughs> if you give us enough time, um, we will get sidetracked. That's... Um... Minutes. Sorry? I said, what, two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had worse sidetrackings. Yes. <laughs> But and me and Joseph discussing World War Two. <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about vaccines, and there's just a whole conversation about never, what was it, never talk to, ne- never talk about World World, world War Two with Joseph. And it just went on yes. for far too long. <laughs> and then before I realised, I thought we're so, we're supposed to be discussing like the talk I did on vaccines and yeah. whether anybody wants to have a fun little debate with me, and I'll just take <laughs> the opposing side to whatever your viewpoint is. Yeah. <laughs> Never really happens though. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we're gonna leave it there before we get mm. sidetracked again. Uh, I'd like to thank Cat, uh, Lee, and Ian for attending tonight. Thank you very much, guys. Um, you're supposed to say thank you. It was our pleasure, our, our pleasure. But sure, it's fine. Thank you, Andre, for coming. Please don't thank me because I've probably made all of your brains bleed or something with my <laughs> horrible opinions. But. No, it was great. <laughs> um, what else is there to say? Um, yeah, so that, that was the show for tonight. You can listen to uh, previous talks and previous events on our podcast. Can I say this? If you look on your uh, podcast app for Can I Say This? Dundee free speech something like that you'll find it and also on youtube you can find our channel by searching dundee university free speech society um and you can also find us on facebook at dundee university free speech society and on instagram by searching the same um and yeah that's that's basically us if you wanna if you're interested if you want to hear more about free speech etc etc then head to to those pages or something Anyway. If you have any topics you want, you would like to either yeah. come in and discuss with us, or if you would, add, or if you have any ideas for what we should do, an other side talk on, or another podcasty, chit chatty, on the radio live, like a dangerous bunch of people that we are. <laughs> if you have any topics you want to throw at us, 
Like, I'm wondering if the recent um, the recent new rules in Austria with regards to the COVID vaccine, that might be a good Or if you would, or if you. Dundee, free speech, something like that, you'll find it. And also on YouTube, you can find our channel by searching Dundee University Free Speech Society. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Dundee University Free Speech Society, and on Instagram by searching the same. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically us. If you want to. If you're interested, if you want to hear more about free speech, etc., etc., then head to to those pages or something. Anyway, if you have any <laughs> topics you want, you would like to either yeah. come in and discuss with us, or if you would, or if you have any ideas for what we should do, an other side talk on, or another podcasty, chit chatty on the radio live, like a dangerous bunch of people that we are. <laughs> if you have any topics you want to throw at us. Like I'm wondering if the recent um, the recent new rules in Austria with regards to the COVID vaccine that might be a good one to tackle. Oh, the, yes, that'd because be so that's going to be a really interesting one because we will because we can discuss how other countries are reacting to it and what our thoughts are. Yes, uh, th thanks, Scott. That's that's true. We we welcome to everyone and ev anyone and everyone. Uh, we're just uh, an open book. Ready to be written. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. You don't write on me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. And we will hopefully speak to you sometime soon. Have a good night. Bye. Can I say this? The podcast by the Dundee Students Free Speech Society.